I've got a quick programming note. Depending on the test schedule, Blue Origin will be flying their suborbital New Shepard booster today, the first test flight of 2018 for them. If all goes well with this flight, we'll talk about it and some Blue Origin news in tomorrow's episode. Now, on with the show. This is The Space Shot, episode 350 for April 29th, 2018, of Challenger and Difficult-to-Pronounce Names. I'm John Molnix. STS-51B launched on April 29th, 1985, on a Space Lab module mission. We're talking about this flight for a few reasons today. The first is because my dad was just in town, and we were talking about his time in Holland, and the second is because this mission has a connection to the Challenger O-ring issue that led to the loss of the crew during STS-51L. Alright, usually I'm able to figure out the pronunciation of names, but I figured since my dad spent time in Holland as a little kid, I could have him drop in and say a few words for this episode. On a lighter note, one of the astronauts flying on this mission was a Dutch-born, naturalized American, and this is where my dad comes in for this episode. Go ahead. Astronaut Lodewijk Vandenberg was geboren in 1932 in Sluiskul, Nederland. So this astronaut was born in 1932, and you said you'd never heard of this town before? No, I've never heard of it. And where did you live when you were over there? Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to get back to recording. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye. Now, I'd like to share some content from a Johnson Space Center oral history interview for the rest of today's episode. The crew of STS-51B were extremely close to having a Challenger-type incident with one of their solid rocket boosters. Rebecca Wright interviewed American astronaut Don Lind about his time at NASA. The quote that follows is from that oral history interview. Wright asked that, quote, I noticed that in 2003, after the Columbia accident, you were quoted that your crew had come within a fraction of the second of the same fate. You found that out after the explosion. Could you elaborate on that statement? Lind responds that, yes. What happened was that Bob Overmeyer and I had shared an office for three and a half years getting ready for this mission. Bob, when they first started the Challenger investigation, was the senior astronaut on the investigation team. He came back from the Cape one day, walked into the office, slumped down in the chair, and said, Don, shut the door. Now, in the astronaut office, if you shut the door, it's a big deal, because we tried to keep an open office so people could wander in and share ideas. If you shut the door, it was either because you were going to be talking about something classified, but everybody in sight was classified for top secret, so it was going to have to be higher than top secret, or it was something so incredibly personal that you just didn't want anybody to hear. So I shut the door, and Bob said, The board today found out that on our flight nine months previously, we almost had the same explosion. We had the same problems with the O-rings on one of our boosters. We talked about that for a few minutes, and he said, The board thinks we came within 15 seconds of an explosion. 
Well, shortly after this, I went to Utah State, and those big boosters are built by the Wasatch Division of Morton Thaikal, which is about 35 miles from the university. I obviously had some connections there, so I called up and said, I want to find out exactly what happened on our flight. They said, come on out. He got out his original briefing notes for Congress, which I now have, and outlined exactly what had happened. There are three separate O-rings to seal the big long tubes with the gases flowing through them at about 5,000 degrees and 120 pounds per square inch. The first two seals on our flight had been totally destroyed, and the third seal had 24% of its diameter burned away. 61 mils of that last seal had been burned away. McDonald said that all of that destruction happened in 600 milliseconds, and what was left of that last O-ring, if it had not sealed the crack and stopped the outflow of gases, if it had not done that in the next 200 to 300 milliseconds, it would have been gone. You'd have never stopped it, and you'd have exploded. So you didn't come within 15 seconds of dying, you came within three-tenths of one second of dying. That was thought-provoking. As with all of the oral history interviews, I really do recommend giving them a read if you've got the time. The rest of Lynn's oral history covers everything from his time in the astronaut's office to his work during the Skylab program. Really? Really? Oh my gosh. This oral history is up first in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure the Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix and I'll catch you on the flip side.